Hey, it's David here at Elusive Professional Solutions again. Um, so today I'm going to go through some of the final bits on our CV series, which was delayed ever so slightly due to a couple of uh, incidents, which meant that um, those who were supposed to take part couldn't. Um, but I have got some of the questions that they've asked in the past and so on and so forth. Um, I'm also going to go through our blog post, which we put up about a week ago. So that was um, the last week of January, just in respects to a job search in these COVID times and, po and post-COVID. So if we uh, start off with into the um, questions which I most often come across when an uh, individual CV has been sent to a client of mine, um, and uh, we can approach some of them. So... Some of the key questions I get are um, quite surprising um, at times um, and they relate around hobbies and what people do outside of work, which in general will be on a normal CV. Um, and I do have some businesses who do want to know this um, just to give a bit of personality. Um, I do find it's normally at the more junior mid-level rather than the senior level, but um Sometimes it is worth just including a couple of hobbies because then at least somebody like myself, if that question is asked, I can go back to the CV and then I can answer that question to the business. Um, I won't go into it in too much detail, but just, you know, the basics, you know, you enjoy reading, you enjoy going for a wander. Um, I think all of us has picked that up over the last 12 months. Um, all the little things. Um, that's that's what I would say. But I said I wouldn't go into anything too strange. Um then the other one that I do actually get quite often is what people's key achievements are. Now, that is one which I get from a lot of the bigger businesses that I've worked with. So this is why in um, the previous two episodes I've said, you know, if you do have key achievements from a particular role, try and include them somewhere. Um, it just it, it's always going to help if they're in there because then it creates a con it's well it's a conversation starter at the end of the day um the other one is a lack of statement now the vast majority of recruiters like myself will take a personal statement off because the personal statement is something which is personal um I've stopped doing that in recent times over the last 12 months I've included personal statements because if you've taken the time to write it I think it's important for it to be there because, again, like the hobbies point, it gives a little bit of personality and differentiates one individual from the other. So, yeah, include a personal statement. It's not going to do any harm. Just make sure it's not too long. Um, some of the things that people come back to me with um, in regards to CVs and the things that they push back on are key skills, system exposure, studies and the level of study. Now, that's one which can be relevant to any sector. Um, obviously, we're talking about finance right now um, because that's my background. But, you know, studies and level is important. If you put studies on there, just make sure you let people know where you're at, part qualified, halfway through an exam um, or papers and, and what and, and I'd also include kind of a ETA in terms of your expected finish dates. That's that's always something which I ask people, you know, if they're studying ACCA, ask where they're at and when they feel they would like to finish, um, given the right opportunity. Um, grades. Um, if you haven't included grades, it creates questions, as I've pointed out previously. But I would always include grades if they're at a certain level. Um, and studies versus positions. Now, this is quite key. Um Working in finance, I get a lot of individuals who come to me looking for their next position who may not be doing a role which lines up with the studies that they're doing. I, again, I have previously approached this, but 
if you're studying something which is further than your period than your current employment for example you're doing a transactional role but you're studying the final papers of your ACCA um, again finance related um, then it just doesn't line up um, and businesses are going to see that as oh well as soon as, I, as soon as I give them that opportunity to take the next step once they qualify they're going to look for another position again might not necessarily be true but it's always going to be something which somebody's wary of and right now when there are individuals on the market something as small as that could be detrimental to um, the success of an application so if you are applying to positions and you feel that your studies could be higher, then question it with the individual that you're speaking with. If you're speaking to somebody like myself, ask that question. We will answer honestly. Um, and if we don't, you know, if you don't approach it, the likelihood is I will. Um, so I'd always keep it on there. And I mean, those are kind of the key pushbacks. If you if you are applying for a certain particular position, so let's say you're applying for a construction role, make sure your construction exposure is in there. If it says it needs construction exposure and you don't have construction, then the likelihood is they won't consider you. So we've all got to kind of look at the this objectively, look at it from a common sense perspective and go, okay, if it asks for specific skills, have I got those relevant skills? If I have got those relevant skills, are they on my CV and have I made sure they're on there? This again is where in episode one I said it's worth having a couple of CVs relevant to the positions that you're applying for. So that's a kind of end part of the first little bit of advice that we can give in regards to um, pushback and and areas which not everyone actually puts on their cv so if we now go to the blog article which can be found at um, elusivegroup.co.uk forward slash job search uh, you'll see that i've put up something recently um, in regards to recent times um, have been a little bit tongue-in-cheek in areas but you know um, there are a lot of people who face redundancy have faced difficulties through the recent times and you know it is key that we all kind of get over that and move forward so you know one of the first points i've put on there is that it is a numbers game applications are a numbers game and that's counter reading what i've said previously in terms of making sure that your applications are suitable for the role that you're applying for but the reality is You've got to make a lot of applications. Don't just put your eggs in one basket unless you've been specifically headhunted for a position out there. Um, and by headhunted, I mean that your CV isn't out on the job sites. By headhunted, I mean somebody might have approached you on LinkedIn and you're not even thinking of looking. Um, but yeah, it is a numbers game. Don't count them. It's not, you know, it's not like we see on LinkedIn. Oh, I've made 200 applications and one of them became successful. Well, great, well done. I mean, a lot of people have done that. Um, it, it it's just counterintuitive to put something like that up and I feel that the only reason that's put up is for clickbait and um, to help their algorithm to make sure they get more clicks but you don't necessarily need to track every application that you're making but you do need to consistently make applications and what I'd say is once you've done your initial search um, have a look at Boolean searching when you are searching because you can put in all the different job titles within um, that search and create one search which then fires you new jobs every single day. Um, so you should be able to find that in Google. And yeah, I said Boolean searching is your best friend when searching for a position because all the main search engines work in that way. Um, but yeah, make applications, follow the ones up that are the ones that you really, really want. Follow it up with the agencies, follow it up with the businesses um, 
that all that's going to do is show that you're keen. But yeah, it is a numbers game, but don't count because counting could create a negative attitude towards actually applying for the next position that actually could be the one for you. I always say be realistic. Don't go for roles that are too high, but at the same time, don't go roles that are too low because the next time that position comes around, which is going to be at the level that you actually want, you're probably going to still apply for it. And you might have been in the current position for six months and, well, that's not going to be the greatest for the business that you've joined. Obviously, we've all got to be a little bit selfish right now, but yeah, I would never say look too high, too low. Just um, find that ground where you're comfortable. Um, when people lose their jobs, when people are made redundant, when people haven't been treated the best, naturally we there is a little bit of resentment that comes into our mind. So I've always said, you know, take some time out, lose that resentment because it is naturally going to be there. No matter if you say it is or if you say it isn't, it's going to be there. Um, and next time anything kind of similar happens, you're going to, well, let's hope that nothing similar happens again like this. But next time you get called into the office or somebody goes, can we have a quick conversation? you're going to get a little bit of anxiety there. And that is down to, unfortunately, that little bit of resentment which is still hanging around. So I always say take some time for yourself before you start applying again if you've lost a position, if you haven't felt that you've been treated right or if redundancies occurred. Now one of the things which gets to recruiters, gets to businesses, is council culture. Now, I get emails of people cancelling interviews. I always say, pick up the phone, have a conversation with the individual that has arranged that because it's their personal relationship which is potentially going to take a hit. If you explain the situation to somebody over the phone, they're much more likely to be accepting of that. If the recruiter then starts being pushy or gets annoyed and so on and so forth, then yeah, by all means, hang up. But generally, just give them a quick call um, out of respect. It's it's always nice to have that conversation and keep that relationship moving forward because you never know when you're going to need it. And, you know, unfortunately, we're all capable of being a little bit fickle. And, um, you know, I, I, I've made errors in the past where I've reacted in a negative manner. But I know that, you know, we've all, as I said, got to be a little bit selfish in our job searches and we've all got to look after ourselves. I think if somebody has an opinion regarding a position, it's always worth listening to it because it could counteract a worry that you've got in regards to that role. But yeah, as I said, cancel culture is unfortunately something that we have nowadays. And um, as I said, it's always worth giving us a call. So um, next, I would look at your um, applications and making sure they're accurate. This falls into line with being realistic. Um, yeah, just uh, make sure you're applying for the positions that you feel that you're suitable for. And also, if you're not getting a response, review that with somebody like myself. You know, there's a lot more value add a recruiter can add rather than just finding you a position. They should give you opinion. They should give you advice. They should say, you know, your CV could be improved. You know, we're the ones on the front line who are trying to assist. Yes, we are paid by the businesses who end up employing you. But the reality is, is that we need to make sure that we're looking after you in the best possible manner. And if you're not applying to positions which are accurate or you aren't getting responses, then actually that recruiter isn't doing their job properly, in my eyes anyway. So whilst it doesn't make us any money and it doesn't give us any necessarily income immediately, there's nothing which stops us from actually helping and giving advice. And that's something we here at Elusive make sure that we do. We always try and go out of our way to actually offer that advice 
to the business to the individuals and even the businesses that we work with so next we come to answering the phone look a lot of people will call off withheld numbers um o2o numbers and so on and so forth now when i first started in recruitment every single call i made outgoing came off a um, withheld number which meant that actually a lot of people just wouldn't answer it i know i don't answer withheld numbers it's always very rare for me to do so and nowadays with the ppi and everything else that's going on even o2o numbers have been tarnished with um well yeah have been tarnished with that brush so what i would say is when you started making applications make sure you answer um and when you answer Good morning, good afternoon, hi, it's, and so on and so forth. Um, again, if you answer it like you're answering it to your best friend, it's probably not going to be the professional manner that you I would answer to a business. So I would just keep it in mind. Um, I've had calls where I've actually had the phone picked up and there's been nobody speaking for five to ten seconds because they expect an automated message saying, we've heard you've been in an accident recently. Would you like to do this, this and this? And if you press number uh, and so on. So, yeah. Um, just answer it. I know it's a pain, but at the end of the day, um, if you don't answer and nobody speaks, then um, people may just hang up. Um, voicemails. If you're looking for a job, have a voicemail. Simple as that. If you're looking for a position, have a voicemail. If it's not working, call up your provider. Make sure it's working because if we can't get hold of you, um, we need to make sure that we can leave a message in regards to why we're calling. Now, um, I've put on there, again, things that we've gone over in, I think, probably all three episodes. The more you leave out, the more questions we ask. The more questions that are asked, the more likelihood it is that people won't give you a call because the easier you make people's jobs, the more likely they are to respond. It's it's terrible. It shouldn't happen. But unfortunately, over 70,000 years, um, we've always been doing it. So we make our lives easier. That's why technology has been invented and so on and so forth. And I've said so and so forth way too many times during this episode. Right, so next one, address and postcode. We've gone through that previously. Make sure your full address is on there. Well, you don't need to include the number of your house, but just make sure your address and postcode is on there because that's how, especially outside of the city, we search. Dates. Now, this is one of the ones which I always pick up on. If you, and again, it's something which gone over previously. Dates, make sure that you have the date there in terms of the month and the year don't just put 2019 to 2020 for example because it could mean december 2019 to january 2020 or january 2019 to december 2020 massive difference there two months two years um bullet points quick and simple i'd always say use bullet points i always say write a cv in the first person not the third person reason for this is that your cv is about you not somebody else and if you write it in a third person, it can come across as slightly egotistical, which nobody really wants. Um, then I'd say make sure your keywords are in there, as we've spoken about before. So software, volume, sectors, any particular nuances of your role. Key achievements, we've gone over that. Email addresses, Hotmail is a bit of a pain. It has very high security protocols in place. I've got an email rating of 9.8 or 9.9 and my email still goes junk simply because I'm a new business with a new website. So it's very difficult to get around that. So that's the end of our CV series. Now, the next series is in regards to interviews. Now, if you go onto that blog, again, www.elusivegroup.co.uk forward slash job search, there is a part at the end of that blog, which is 
just giving the basics about interviews. Now, I'm going to do the first episode of that either next week or the week after. I'm going to try to. All I can do again is apologise for the delay on this one. Um, hopefully, the three episodes you found useful. And if you've got any questions, queries or advice for us, please let us know. We're still developing and growing as individuals and as a business. And we know that not everything we say is correct. We know some of it is opinion. So if you feel there's something that you can add to it, please email us or find me on LinkedIn and send me a note. My LinkedIn is David Ketley. Our business page is Elusive Professional Solutions. And you can reach us via email at hello at elusivegroup.co.uk. Hopefully you found this useful. And uh, here's the next ones which are regarding interviews. Speak soon. Take care.